So today I want to talk to you about a a four-letter word called time. But I want us to look at it as an acronym, okay? So life is a measure. Time is a measure of life. How many, if you're like me, when you woke up this morning, you probably, the first thing you did is to look at the clock, right? Right? So, the human existence, we seem to have reduced it to, um, well, we have a spirit lives in a body, and we seem to be confined to a finite continuum of time and space. I can only be here, not someplace else. Right at this time, to do life. So time is the currency we use to do life. It's like money. I need money to buy stuff, right? So I need time to pursue life. So today I want us to look at time. How do we prioritize T-I-M-E as an acronym? So we'll delve into the word and see what God has for us today. But if you can hold up your Bibles, I thought the uh, Bible confession was going to be here, so, but I, I don't see it, so I'm going to improvise. So let's repeat after me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, my mind is the Lord. My heart is receptive. As I receive the the seed of the word of God, I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. So I remember in 2001, I think there was a sci-fi movie called In Time. In this movie, I think it was um, Justin Timberlake. You had a wristband. It's like a watch that had time. And you, you can only live up to how much time you have stored on your clock. And here's this guy, Justin, played by Justin. He was a poor guy who barely had one day to live. So the story went on, and then I think he rescued some rich guy, and then he got enough time to live for 100 years. Okay? So again, for us today... We are spirits. Can we live for 100 years? What do you think? God is not confined to time and space. He's everywhere. A day is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like a half. Okay? So we realize that time is very precious, so we have to use our time wisely. We all have 24 hours every day, right? And we go to sleep, we wake up, the clock resets, does it? But does it really reset? Because wasted time, you can't get back. Once it's wasted, it's gone. So we have to somehow prioritize our time such that we do what needs to be done at the appointed time in the appointed way. Amen. Right? So, <sighs> feedback. I was told not to jump around. That's why I'm. <laughs> so, so we have to we have to set the right priorities 
And those priorities have to be linked to a kingdom purpose. If they're not, then it's wasted time and the clock does not reset. Okay? So today I want us to look at time, T-I-M-E as an acronym, and see whether the word in itself can help us better prioritize our time. So let's look at T. T for truth. Okay? Uh, John 17, 17 says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And then if you turn to uh, John 8, 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. There are lots of truths in the Bible from creation, salvation, resurrection. But I want us to look at three truths today that could help us better use our time, prioritize our time. So the first truth I want us to look at is found in Matthew 25. You can turn there if you want. Matthew 6. Uh, verse 22, I want to share with you today three. Okay? So the first truth I want to share with you today, I call the kingdom first mindset. So Minister Nick touched on this, and I thought he was going to give part of my message, but here we are. So Matthew 6, 25, therefore I say to you, do not worry about life, what you will eat or what you will drink. No, what, not about your body. I'm, looking, I'm reading from the New King James translation. What you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into bonds, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubic to your stature? So, why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, that today, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Reading this it's very clear Jesus is telling us what our priorities should be. Kingdom first. So we have to have the kingdom. Am I on? We have to have the kingdom first mindset. Okay? But it seems to see I'm going to read that's Matthew 6.33. I'm going to read it from the Amplified translation, but first and foremost, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God, and all these things shall be given unto you. It seems as if we're actually, we flipped the order, right? We're more concerned about doing life by meeting 
the needs of the body, what we can wear, what we can eat, what we can live, shelter, a paycheck. But here Christ is clearly telling us, seek first my kingdom and I will give all of those stuff to you. He said, I'll add them to you. He didn't say, I'm not saying you shouldn't work. We should all go to work, of course. But he's saying, I'm going to add them to you. When you do kingdom first, all your needs will be met. That's the way it is. That's God's principle. So we either believe it and act on it, or we don't. So seek first the kingdom. So as we prioritize our time, this should be our focus. Kingdom first. Kingdom first. Kingdom first. Okay? So the truth is, our mindset should be kingdom first before anything else. Find your calling and purpose in the kingdom and live by it. This should be our top priority. Anything else, any other perspective is wasted time. And the clock will not reset. All right? So the second truth I want to touch on is what I call the kingdom assignment mindset. So whether you are called a minister or not, you are a minister in the kingdom. So, and you are on kingdom assignment. So it's your responsibility to to know what that assignment, well, God is going to tell you if you listen, right? You tune into the right frequency. He's talking. He's everywhere all the time. So we have to have Kingdom first mindset, kingdom assignment mindset. I'm here on assignment. And I'm, a, I'm an ambassador of, of Christ. Here, as an ambassador, I'm not a citizen of this earth. I'm here to represent Christ, and I am on assignment. So I should be spending my time doing my assignment. If I'm not doing my assignment, it's wasted time, and the clock will not reset, Right? So if you're living and breathing, then God has a purpose and a plan for your life. That's why he saved you. He didn't just take you to heaven. You're here. There is stuff to do for the kingdom. I mean, interestingly, we all don't become Christians at the same time. It would be nice when a kid is born and then you have like a, maybe a small tablet that says, here's your life assignment. Live by it. But that's, that's not the way it is. Some of us became Christians when we were 50, 60, uh, 10 years old, 9 years old. So the time frame is different. But regardless of when and how you became a Christian, you have to think of why you are here, your purpose, your plan. If you turn to, uh, if you turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10, I'll just paraphrase it. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So there is a plan and a purpose for your life. So you have to find it. Well, finding it seems a little hard. Well, you have to reach out to God so he can reveal what that assignment is. So kingdom first, kingdom assignment. Okay? And interestingly, some of us, we...
All right. So now I can jump up and down. Okay. All right. See, see, I'm an African. I do this. Right? I can't just do this. So anyway. All right. So most of us, we rule ourselves out of ministry because we think that um, God can't use us. And we focus mostly on our natural talent and say, oh, I can't preach. I can't preach. But here I am. Right? I can teach. But we have to discover our spiritual gifts. When you became a Christian, newsflash. Well, God gave you a gift that's aligned with his plan and purpose for you. So it's your responsibility to figure out what that gives it and use it. It could be more than one. So the gift, the spiritual gift that God imparts in you may or may not sync or align with your natural gifts. But he has a gift for you and you got it if you're a believer. So it's your job, it's your responsibility to figure out what that is and step into it and use it. Okay? So in case you're wondering whether Hudson is making this up, you can find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you read from verse 5 to 21, I can just focus on verse 7, it says that, you know, um, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So you're given a gift or gifts so that you could be of service to the house. So whether you're called to be a full-time pastor or not, you are a minister. And that should be what you think about. How can I use my gifts in the house? Okay? So you must have clarity regarding your beliefs. The truth is you are called to minister in the body. Okay? So the last, uh, again, uh, many truths in the Bible. I'm just touching on three that would help us prioritize our time. The next mindset is the farming mindset or the farmer mindset. No farmer wakes up in the morning and then expects a harvest without sowing. You got to sow seeds first before you can reap a harvest. And the Bible clearly tells us in, in Genesis chapter 8, 22, while the earth remains seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. Okay? So you reap what you sow, but that's not the end. More than you sow. And later than you sow. It takes time for the seed to germinate. It could be a bad seed. So if you sow trouble, you're going to reap more trouble later in life. If you sow love love and Christ-likeness, you're going to reap more of the same. So if you want more, you got to give more. It doesn't matter. It could be money. It could be your time. Interestingly, uh, uh, Minister Nick talked about uh, tithing, and then something just flashed to my mind. We give one-tenth, right, to God, right? of our possessions. But guess what? You got 24 hours a day. Are you giving one-tenth? Are you giving one-tenth? So spend one-tenth of your time doing the kingdom first mindset, doing the kingdom assignment mindset, doing the farming mindset. Okay? That's only 2.7 hours, two and a half hours a day. That's not a lot, is it? You know? But then one may also think, well, can I only give 
out of 24 hours to God. Or my, all of my 24 hours should be on to God. And then he can show me how to apportion time. 10 minutes here, 8, minutes at, eight uh, hours at work, and all that stuff. But I think we've, I mean, we all, I'm guilty of this. We've, we've all kind of flipped the coin. And we're actually doing life without God's guidance that would really show us how to really, really do life. Because first John, I mean, John 10, 10, have come that he might have life and have it in all its fullness. Okay? So we don't want to shortchange ourselves. And we shortchange ourselves when we actually keep God out of the place that he needs to be in our lives. So T for tooth. I for intimacy. Okay? So intimacy, this is God's greatest, I believe, this is God's greatest priority for our lives. God wants us to be close to him. And he said, if you search for me with all your heart, you're going to, well, it's not hidden, but that's the way it's phrased, right? You'll find me. I'm there, but you got to really go deep. And then I'll reveal myself to you even more, right? So, and being intimate with God, I believe this is what determines our impact in life, okay? We cannot be, in fact, impactful or effective in the things of God or fulfill our kingdom assignment if we're not intimate with the Father. Now, with the Father, it has to be your Father, not God somewhere. We have to be intimate with the Father. If not, there is, I mean, I'm almost convinced there is no way we could really fulfill our call and his purpose for our lives. Amen. Okay? And if you look at Matthew 22, uh, 37, you shall love the Lord, your God, with all your hearts, with all your soul, and with all your might. So intimacy, some things about intimacy, just one or two things here. Intimacy is nourished by worship. Okay, And in the act of worship, God communicates his presence to his people. And when I'm worshiping God, when he shows up, this is God Almighty we're talking about, right? He doesn't take off his robe of healing, his robe of abundant supply. When he shows up in our midst, he comes with his healing power. He comes with his shackle-breaking, whatever you want to call it, and he's going to loose you, whatever the bondage is, and he's going to meet you at your need. Okay? So that's, I mean, you nourish intimacy by worship. Okay? And we cannot be intimate without prayer. Right? We got to come to the Father. And he has to be your father, not my father. Oh, I'm worshiping. You know, like in the Old Testament time, oh, the God of Abraham, Isaac. No, he's my God. He's my father. He's my friend. Do you know that God has t- tattoos? The Bible says he's written my name in the palm of his hands. Right? So, hey, well, I won't, my, my daughter has tattoos, so that kind of calmed me down. Okay, God has tattoos, so hey, you can have some. <laughs> right. So... <laughs> We worship him for who he is and what he has done. Another uh, thing about intimacy, intimacy magnifies 
God's greatness. When I draw closer to God, I'm awed by his presence and his majesty. And when I'm awed, I mean, Isaiah saw this right. Oh, wretched man that I am. Isaiah 40. When he got into, into the presence of God, you see yourself for how weak and you see God for how big and mighty he is. And he can do anything, right? And the last thing about intimacy, some of us, I mean, I've been there before, we've lost our first love. Intimacy can be, I wish, Lord. So we can't make the excuse and say, oh, I wish I was. Oh, I wish I were that close to God. Well, you can be. He's shouting out to you, come on closer, come on closer. And as we plan our T-I-M-E, intimacy has to be a top priority. Okay. So the next, so T for truth, I for intimacy. Who can guess what M is? Shout out. Mercy. Okay, I have meditation. All right. Meditation, right? So we have to meditate on God's word. If you look at Psalm 119 verse 11, your word have I hid in my heart and I may not sin against you. If you look at Joshua 1.8, when God was, you remember, Joshua was a servant to Moses. So Moses dies, and then he is a servant. God is telling him, step up, okay, be bold. Yeah, don't worry, be bold, I'll take care of you. But then in, in verse 8, chapter 1, he says, this book of the law shall not depart from your eyes, from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night, right? You shall observe to do everything that's written in it. Then, then, and only then, you will have good success. Okay? So without meditation, can we succeed? Meditation allows us to hear God in our spirits. I read the word, I got to take time to think about it. Let it soak into my spirit. And that's what generates faith, right? I soak this, I soak it. It becomes part of my inner being. And then when I speak it, it's not empty words. It's not an echo that goes and bounces back. It's filled with power because God's word has enough power to bring it to pass. All right? So this is how we get revelation into his word, by purposefully meditating on his truth through intimacy And your faith cannot go without meditation and revelation into his word. Meditation brings revelations. So as we prioritize our time, we need to make sure that we make meditation a top priority. Okay? So the last I have, E, is for... Exhortation, well, I have something else, right? (laughs) It could be exhortation. I have E for expansion, okay? Expansion, there has to be growth. The kingdom message has to be shared far and wide. Matthew 28, 18, make disciples of all nations. Go, right? We're commissioned to spread the kingdom message and... And that's why, I mean, pastor wants to grow this church. 
the more people that come, the more people that hear, the more people that go and tell. That's the way it has to be. So as we prioritize our time, we need to think about the fact that we have to facilitate or embrace growth, expansion. I can't clone myself, but I can make disciples. Okay? And that's why I've told pastor this couple of times via text and maybe email. I say, you know, I'm following you as you follow Christ. Because he's my example. So there has to be example. One touches one. That one touches another. And that's how, that's how we grow the kingdom. Okay? And we have to follow God's plan. If you turn to First Chronicles chapter 4. Verse 9 and 10. Only two or three verses about this guy called Jabez. Um, and verse 9. Now Jabez was a more honorable man than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I will not cause pain. So Jabez was interested in expansion. Oh, that you would bless me. He didn't say, Oh, God, bless me. He said, Bless me indeed. He's saying, give it to me, fool. I want it. But in his mind, it clearly tells he was a more honorable man, obviously, in the sight of God. So I'm thinking Jabez is asking for blessings so he would be a blessing to others. Okay? He wanted to bless even more. And he said, increase my territory. This is too small. So we got to expand. That should be our mindset. Big God, big things. For his glory, for his kingdom. Okay? So as we, the next couple of days, maybe I'm going to give an assignment, right? The next couple of days, when we wake up in the morning, let's pause and think of, God, what is on your agenda today for me? God, what is on your agenda today for me? And Lord, as I plan my T-I-M-E, may I embrace your truth that would bring revelation and set me free. May I be intimate with you so you would reveal your plan and purpose and give me insight into knowing how I should move, how I should act, how I should react today. And even as I meditate on your word, O oh Lord, may revelation come that would bring insight into the things of the Spirit. And as I obey you, may expansion come in the name of Jesus. So look to your neighbor and say, I'm on kingdom assignment. I'm going to put the kingdom first. And I'm going to be intimate with God. An expansion shall surely come. Thank you, Father Lord, for your word today.
we give you praise and glory. You are the God of all creation, Lord. Your word says that you've established your throne on high and your sovereignty rules over all. So we bless you. We bless you. As we bask in your presence even now, we just pray, Father Lord, that you give us insight into your word, understanding into the word that you've sown in our spirits today. And Lord, may it be watered, may it grow and bring forth a bountiful harvest. We thank you, Father Lord. We exalt your name. We praise you in Jesus' name.